We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Every single day in college football right now brings drama. We're going to break it all down on College Football Live. Sam Acho, Ryan McGee, I'm Jason Fitz. But we got to give credit. If McGee seems a little timid right now, it's because we dragged him away from this with the Captain America shorts off the beach on a level of 1 to 10. Your excitement for us versus the ocean is... Yeah, I'm. I'm uh, I, I was. Uh, I'm a little. Uh, I'm a little. I'm, I'm not. Captain Morgan uh, told me I had to come to work today, and so I'm here. And that's why I don't have a necktie. You guys got on neckties. I don't, because at the beach they don't require those. <laughs> However, I, I will say this: I, I do have on flip flops. I mean, I, oh, I, 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 I have on. I have on shorts uh, beneath this desk right here, and I still have my flip flops on. Came straight here from the beach. That's how much I love you guys. That's how much I love college football. <laughs> There's a wild follow-up question about what other tie there is other than a necktie, but we got to get to college football. All right, let's get to Big 12 uh, media days. Obviously, there was a ton of controversy around it as Mike Gundy made it clear that he wasn't sure that everybody should be there. This is what he said. It's interesting. We go to conference meetings and OU and Texas are in there. They're still in the conference, but I'm guessing when they leave, they're scratching down things that can help them when they're in the SEC. I think there's a business side of it nowadays where people say it is what it is, which 10 years ago they might not even let them in the meeting. So the new commissioner, uh, well, he goes on to say that the new commissioner might not let them in. So begs the question, Ryan McGree, how do you feel about Gundy's thought if she doesn't even go here, letting them in this meeting? That's it. That's the quote I keep using. She doesn't even go here. I mean, and I get that. It's just, <laughs> it's weird. I mean, listen, you know, Gundy didn't like those guys in the meetings when they were in the conference. He certainly didn't want them in there right now. But, but I'll say this. I mean, I mean, Sam, you were there. I love it when it's awkward. I'm a sports writer. I want everyone. I, I like it when the cheerleader and the quarterback who just broke up still have to sit next to each other in science class. I think it's hilarious. So I'm all for all this, but. How awkward was it down there? Because I feel like it probably was a little weird. It was extremely awkward. I was there at Big 12 Media Day. I just, you got back from the beach, McGee. I got back from Media Day. And it was extremely <laughs> awkward. Even, even uh, you saw Mike Gundy got asked the question, man, what does recruiting look like now that Oklahoma is going to the SEC? And he, even, he didn't even answer the question. He said, well, that was their decision. They're the ones who decided to leave. And so there's definitely some animosity. Now to the question of should Texas and Oklahoma still be allowed in meetings? I think the answer probably should be no. If these teams are going to the SEC and Brett Yormark Mark, the new commissioner, is looking out for the best interests of the Big 12. Uh, he also made a statement saying that, well, I, I got to do what's best for both parties, which interested me a little bit, right? The party being party being Texas, Oklahoma, the other party being the Big 12. You're the commissioner of the Big 12. And so focus on what's best for the Big 12, just like Oklahoma and Texas focus on what was best for them.
Yeah, absolutely, Acho. To me, there's no reason they're at these meetings at all. And look, we all share a love of wrestling, right? Like, you can't break a tag team up and then say, well, let's do a few more matches together before this thing's well and done. <laughs> this is over. And at this point, I don't want any secrets to get from the Big 12 to the SEC. And frankly, I don't want Oklahoma and Texas knowing how we're going to handle our business. There's no reason they should have been in the room. Now, it does, for clarity's point, beg the question of the future and how do they plan for it. I'll go to Heather Dinn here who gave us a, a little insight yesterday on this show about what happened when the future was discussed at these meetings. When I was in Scottsdale, Arizona for the spring meetings and uh, Chris Del Conte and Joe Castiglione, their athletic directors, were in those meetings. Castiglione also told me that when it came time to talk about the future of the Big 12, they politely left. And there was no animosity, but when the discussion turned to what the Big 12 looks like without them, they left the room. And so I'm not sure when or how that happens in the logistics of all of these meetings, but I can tell you that at spring meetings, I was told that that's how it operated. So, gentlemen, this raises a question for next week because the Big 12 has had some time to figure this out. But the Pac-12 is going into media days in a couple of days, and they haven't had time. So, Sam, in your mind, what will this all in? How will this impact the Pac-12 media days? It will be interesting, to say the least. So we all know that Pac-12 has been one of the more cordial meetings, right? SEC, you got Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher fighting. Pac-12 is usually cordial. But now you see UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 and going to the Big Ten. And so I, I'm excited. I'll be, I'll be there as well. I won't be on a beach. I will be at, at Pac-12 Media Day as well. So I'm excited to see if there are any, you know, people do like the sub-tweets, right? If there are any shots that are taken on, on the podiums from one coach to another. Well, and, and honestly, Sam, I mean, I, I appreciate all the digs, by the way, that I was at the beach. There is a beach in California. You should go there. I'll say, Pac-12 media days are usually very chill. I mean, usually it's one day. It's like at a five-star hotel. One year we had it at a Paramount Pictures movie lot. I mean, it's always very chill and cordial. It's, it's very Pac-12. And now it's just going to be super awkward. Listen, there are reports of litigation. You know, with Cal going, wait a minute, why are you leaving UCLA? You're in the system. You, you have to, why do you not even ask us about this? So, yeah, it's going to be super, super awkward. And listen, you mentioned Brett Yormark. I work with Brett Yormark at NASCAR. And in NASCAR, we have this all the time where crew members leave and go to other teams or drivers leave and announce moves for a year and a half later. And usually they get kicked to the curb immediately. So if Brett sticks to his old motorsport stock car mentality, he's going to be like, y'all, you're not in these meetings anymore. Get on to whatever you're going to do next. I mean, and explain to me how this doesn't end up being a little like the Desperate Housewives, right? Like, every yeah. time you see anybody <laughs> anywhere whispering to someone, you're going to yeah. wonder what they're doing. Because right now, this isn't just about USC and UCLA. This is about Oregon and Washington who may stay, may not stay. So every time you see them having some conversation, Sam, aren't you going to be looking over being like, whoa, 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 come back to the group. We all need to talk about this together. I will, but there was one piece that, McGee, you just pointed out, and Fitz, you did as well. Uh, one thing that Brett Yormark said during the Big 12 media day, he said that the Big 12 is open for business. Bob Bowlesby, the old commissioner of the Big 12, seemed very, like he had a lot of animosity toward Texas and Oklahoma. You all are going to stay in this conference till 2025. But interestingly enough, he said, okay, Yormark said at least, hey, you know, we're, open for, we're open for business. We're going to maybe get you all out earlier. So with the Pac-12, I'm wondering – Will will the USC and UCLA will it be more cordial? Will it be like will Klyovkov say that, uh, that will Klyovkov say hey you guys are out? I want to see what happens on Ju July 28th at those Pac-12 media days.
I yeah. want you, so I want, I want you to go out in the parking lot because I want I, what I want to see is is like <laughs> is like Fresno and like UNLV and Hawaii. You know, are they all going to be hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, what's going on? You know, uh, Mountain West later, but we're, you, if y'all want to talk, you, I hear you're open for business. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you though? Like for, for <laughs> yeah. those schools, it's yes. a bump up. The weirdest part about this is there are a bunch of schools that want to get into the Pac-12, and then there's a bunch of other conferences that are going to be trying to get two major brands now out of the Pac-12. Like I don't know how this resolves. And frankly, through this whole media day process, I'm not sure how everybody can kumbaya and come together. But that's what's going to make college football live next week, particularly interesting because we'll keep you up updated on everything you need to know. All right, we're going to get into some more stuff, uh, but ultimately, top-ranked boxing tonight highlighted by a junior welterweight main event between undefeated fighters. The winner having a good chance of getting a title shot. Coverage begins at 9 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Deportes with ESPN Plus. Coverage beginning at 7 Eastern and 4 Pacific. Speaking of things we're going to get into, coming up, Irish eyes will be smiling this fall. Northwestern Nebraska head to Dublin, which has us wondering what other magical places should host college football games. You'll be surprised with some of the answers. And I promise you one thing. What if I told you we were about to spend an entire segment only talking about actual football? I'm tagging McGee into the ring. He'll take the host seat. We're going to dropkick only football takes next on College Football Live. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, and we are back. Sam Ocho, Jason Fitz, and Ryan McGee on College Football Live. Look at this lineup right here. This is what we have coming up, featured events this weekend and next Saturday. Our next UFC Fight Night main card is on the ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. Home Run Derby, Monday from Dodger Stadium on ESPN and ESPN2. The first episode of The Captain premieres right after the Derby on ESPN and ESPN Plus. And the 30th annual ESPY Awards. Next Wednesday on ABC, Steph Curry. Is going to be the host, which is uh, I can't believe there's been 30 ESPYs already. All right, all right. So boys, on Marty and McGee, we have a tendency to kind of not talk about sports, and so the producers created a segment called Talking Ball, just to get us to stop talking about whatever else and actually talk about football. I feel that way right now about NIL and transfer portal and realignment. So for the next few minutes, all we're going to do is talk ball. Is that cool with y'all? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Love all right. It. So first, uh, all right. First things first. There are so many intriguing matchups this season. I mean, look at this. I mean, Notre Dame alone going to Ohio State. Then they host Clemson, whoever Clemson's going to be this year. Opening weekend, Georgia, Oregon, Florida State, LSU. I mean, it is a packed lineup. And so my first question to you boys talking ball is, 
Uh, what matchup are you most excited about? And I think I have a feeling uh, what we might say. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> I, we're all going to say A&M Alabama, right? Like, that that's the answer here? Is that, that what we're supposed to go yes. with? Yes. Yeah. There's not yeah, a trick question. <laughs> yeah. Now, you mentioned our wrestling. We all love wrestling. What's better? This was smack talk in April, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and we've seen we've seen the smack talk in April, but what's interesting is like Jimbo Fisher might be cordial at, at SEC Media Day, but you can imagine what he's telling his team throughout the meetings, throughout the season, when preseason comes. This is going to be a battle. We saw AM get a victory last year. This is going to be a battle. So I'm excited, yes, about the coaches, but all that seeps down to the players. There's going to be a battle on that football field. Well, and there's expectation. Let's, let's not get it twisted. Jimbo doesn't get paid to lose to Nick Saban. And at some point, we have to accept that if you are going to pay Jimbo the type of money he gets paid, if you're going to spend the money on the program that he gets paid, that they spend all around, and you're going to have the recruits that he has, at some point, you got to beat Bama. So I think that there's this moment of, yes, I know that we've seen it, but now you got to see it again and again. And every time he talks, it gets again. more and more pressure behind it. And if you go sit behind that microphone, uh, hey, you got to walk the walk, talk the talk. We do, we, do wrestling, we do wrestling deals all day long on this. If you're going to sit there on the microphone and call the man the devil, you better know how to beat him when you play him, uh, actually, when we get there in October. All right, so aside from that one then, I'm going I'm to reset this. What's the matchup you're most excited about that is not Aggies and Todd? Yeah, I'll go first on this, and well, I'm going to say – Oh, sorry, okay, Sam, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, 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 I'm no, fine. you got I'll it. You go. got it. I'll go. Uh, North, uh, I'll go. Notre Dame versus Clemson. I think Notre Dame versus Clemson. When you start looking at where this season's going to go for these two teams, they're in very different spots. Like we have to remember that this is a Notre Dame team that's in a little bit of a rebirth. They can sort of recreate themselves with the new coach, be whoever they want to be. They have a very tough strength of schedule. I think there'll be some expectation that hey, things will go fine. But when you look at Clemson, they've only got the 43rd right now strength of schedule in the country. Clemson's got to come out. They got to win. They've got to get these sorts of wins to be back to who they used to be. There'll be a lot more question marks about Clemson if they lose than there will be about Notre Dame. Ton of pressure in this one. I think that's mine, Sam. I'm, I'm going to go Notre Dame, but not Clemson. Notre Dame at Ohio State, September 3rd, season opener, home opener for Ohio State. Here's why this is important. It's a new era for Notre Dame. Marcus Freeman is the new head coach. And mind you, yes, he played at Ohio State. I get that. But Marcus Freeman is known for his defense. Ohio State's known for their offense. And Ohio State, the last time we saw C.J. Stroud, who's a Heisman favorite, he was 37 for 46, 573 yards and six touchdowns. That's pretty impressive. But the last time we saw uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, their star receiver, he had 15 catches against Utah in the bowl game. 15 catches, over 300 yards. And so I'm excited about that explosive offense versus not only a new era at Notre Dame, but Marcus Freeman's defense. I can't, I can't wait. How about you guys waking up to echoes, right? And oh, by the way, uh, and, they, and all, all, all that way, the ACC is going, hey, Notre Dame, isn't this fun playing Clemson? You should come do this full time. This, this will be great. All right, We're not so, allowed to talk it, about that. We're not allowed to yeah. talk about that. Hey, hey, so, so my matchup, uh, I did violate my own rule there, but my matchup is a game that maybe we weren't even going to talk about prior to what happened during the offseason. But how about Penn State going to Auburn? First of all, this was kind of a milestone game a year ago because SEC teams really just don't go on the road and play Power 5 schools. But this game was always going to be interesting just because of the history behind these schools. This is the only SEC versus Big Ten matchup on the calendar this year until we get to the bowl games. And so this is super intriguing to me just because of what we're going to talk about leading into it. So, see, I just talked about realignment. 
even though I wasn't supposed to talk about realignment, but I really didn't talk about realignment. <laughs> All right, quarterbacks. Everybody likes to talk about quarterbacks, right? And we're talking ball. So, Fitz, give me a quarterback that you've got your eye on this year. So, can I say the words transfer portal here? Uh, Keaton Slovis uh, transfers <laughs> over to Pittsburgh. Uh, look, I understand that Keaton has dropped in every statistical category since his first freshman year. I understand that there's been a drop in production across the board. But we've seen a tremendous amount of talent, right? And sometimes I think we have to look at coaching staffs and say, hey, are you failing the talent that's around you? I'm not sure USC wasn't doing that. So he goes into Pitt where even though there's going to be a change in offensive coordinator, they've shown explosiveness. There are still very good wide receivers in that room. And that offensive line brings back all five starters. I think Keaton Slovis, not only for the great lettuce on top of his head, has the opportunity to come in and really play well. So I'm excited to see him. Sam, who you got? Well, we talked about Clemson. I'm excited about the Clemson quarterback. I won't call it a competition, but the conversation. DJ Uyangalale seems like the starter. At least that's what Dabo said. But let's not forget last year, DJ threw nine touchdowns and 10 interceptions, a little over 2,000 yards. They have a new freshman in town named Cade Klubnik. And Cade Klubnik has had a lot of reps in the offseason and has looked really, really good. Now, obviously, he's a freshman, and Dabo has compared him to how Deshaun Watson was or Trevor Lawrence was during their freshman years. They're learning and they're growing. So I think DJU is going to be the starter. But I'm also interested to see how much will Clay, Cade Klubnik push DJU Let's say something doesn't look good early. Let's say there's an injury. Will this true freshman get in and get some more reps? All right. Well, I'm going to go down I-26, uh, down to Columbia, South Carolina, just okay. down the road from Clemson. How about okay. Spencer Rattler? All right. So I worked the South Carolina spring game uh, on the sideline, on the field, everywhere else. And what impressed me about Spencer Rattler, uh, all the stories we'd read and the reports we'd heard about terrible locker room guy and teammates can't stand him and all that stuff, that's not who I saw in Columbia. Uh, you know, just what maybe a month and a half ago. What I, and, uh, what, not only was I impressed with what he did on the field, he was really on the sideline in the second half. Spencer Rattler knew the name of everyone on that team, and he didn't want to do an interview with me, not because he didn't like doing media, but because he wanted to cheer on the third and fourth string guys who were in the game in the fourth quarter. Knew them all by name. So when I asked around, they all said he fits in really well. So and oh by the way, he's really good. The problem is they got to keep him upright because that offensive line is. Terrible. They're not good. All right, so underrated storyline in college football this year that maybe we're not talking about enough because of other stuff. Sam, what you got? When I got Baylor, is Baylor the new leader in the Big 12? Yes, there's realignment, Texas, Oklahoma, and they're still there this year. But let's not forget, last year, Baylor won the Big 12. They went from 2-7 in 2020 to 12-2 in 2021. They also are the preseason leaders in the Big 12 right now. So let's I, I get it. Oklahoma's been dominating the last six, seven years. They've won all those titles outside of last year. But there's a new coach at Oklahoma, right? Texas was 5-7 and seven last year, so is Baylor now the cream of the crop? in the Big 12, not just last year, which they won, but for the foreseeable future. I think so, but I'm excited to see. All right, I'm going to chime in here, and I'm going to say pressure on Oregon. And for reasons I can't mention because I don't want to put money in the fine jar, but there is pressure on the perception around Oregon. And let's talk about their coach. I mean, Dan Lanning is somebody at 36 years old. We don't know who he is as a head coach. We know that he was a spectacular defensive coordinator, sure. But we also know he's got to start by taking on Georgia. That's not an easy task in the beginning of this. And I think we're putting a lot on a young first-time head coach. We also are going to be putting a lot in this process at their position specifically looking at Bo Nix like Bo Nix is most famous for 
beating Oregon, and now he's got to lead Oregon. But you're talking about a quarterback that was wildly inconsistent. If you look at his home and away splits, he is substantially worse in every single category when he's on the road. I don't know how you fix that, and I don't know if Dan Lanning will know how to fix it. I think there's a ton of pressure on Oregon to be great, McGee. Well, and you guys know me, so you know that I'm obsessed with – they call them the group of five. I call them the gang of five, right? I love it when they crash the party. We finally had that happen with Cincinnati a year ago. And guess what? The, that word that we won't say, realignment, hasn't happened yet. So there's still a chance. This is kind of the last roundup. Boys, if, if gang of five, if you're going to crash this party, you know, guess what? Cincinnati still got a chance, right? We, we, we uh, Houston. We still got all these teams that could crash that college football playoff party or at least make enough noise this year. So I'm all for it. Listen, again, I'm going to keep saying I was down at the beach, had all my Coastal Carolina stuff on. So, guys, it's the last chance maybe, depending on what happens with the playoff, for you to crash the party kind of old school gang of five, so do it. All right, uh, I think I've done enough here at this segment. I I think I've made the producers in the control room nervous enough. Uh, It's going to be time to hand this off. (laughs) (laughs) to Sam uh, for the next things when we rotate hosts on this show. But first, uh, with Sam, what are we going to talk about? How about goofy locations? Where do we want to see college football played where it isn't currently played? We're going to let you know straight ahead on College Football Live. A leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clip. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clipped wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to College Football Live. And this is about a month or so away from the regular season starting. And obviously, week zero, we got Nebraska Northwestern playing in Ireland. So that got us thinking a little bit, okay, where do we want to see college football games play? We know how exciting the game is. Where would you want to see it? McGee, I'll start with you. I want more racetracks. You guys know I'm a a motorsports guy, right? (laughs) One One of the greatest nights of my life. Not just because my alma mater won the game, but Tennessee and Virginia Tech at the Bristol Motor Speedway, 169,000 people. They're the largest crowd in the history of college football. But listen, racetracks are built for this. The Daytona International Speedway, home of the Daytona 500, the infield grass that you see with the pretty logos on it, that's called the football field. Because back in the day, they would play small college football games there. So yeah, give me some, give me some more football and racetracks. I'm all for it. Oh, that's too predictable, <laughs> McGee. I'm just saying we should have seen that coming. I'm heavy-handed in everything that I do. I don't like anything subtle. So I want to go to Rome 
for the Coliseum where I can then watch USC, the Trojans, take on Michigan State, the Spartans. Give me Trojans and Spartans in the yes. Coliseum in Rome. That is talk- – now yes. we're talking about history. Then you can have the entire conversation about which Coliseum is the real Coliseum. We can do all of that big stuff. Plus, these kids get the opportunity to go to Rome. Like, just, just to be able to, like, hang out, check out the city, eat that food, it's worth it for everybody. College football would look amazing there, Acho. See, I get excited about college football, but I also get excited about soccer. And we see these stadiums like Wembley or Old Trafford, some of those stadiums. Imagine a college football game being played in one of those stadiums. And imagine some of those soccer fans cheering on those games. So that's what I get excited about. McGee, anything else? Any other place you could dream that you might want to see a game? Uh, how about college football live? Is that what we would be if we were to cover that deal over there? Hey, and, and, and the Coliseum game, you got to get some Lions. There's got to be a Lions team out there we can bring. I and whoever it. loses that game has to play maybe the Detroit Lions in the Coliseum. That's what you do. They feed them to the I Lions, love it. right? Now, yeah. now we're talking. So college football is going to be everywhere. I can't wait. We're going to see you again on Monday at 5 p.m. College Football Live at SEC Media Day. Maybe Lions, maybe not. I don't know, but we'll see you then.